Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200. This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Welcome to the Action and Ambition podcast. I'm your host today, Chase Geyser. And with us, we have a very special guest, Jeremy Leung. He is an entrepreneur and investor disrupting the e-commerce automation space. Jeremy, it is an honor and a pleasure to have you on the Action and Ambition podcast today. How are you, sir? Good, thank you. Pleasure to be here, Chase. Absolutely. So where does this journey begin for you? Where, where was your head at after you graduated primary school? Uh, after primary school, wow, that's going back a number of years now. Uh, after primary school, I really wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't uh, able to get the grades to get into law school uh, back in Australia. Um, so I studied uh, commerce and media communications. Uh, I then worked in politics for a number of years, working for the Australian foreign minister, which is like the equivalent of the US Secretary of State. Decided that wasn't it for me. Uh, did my MBA at University of Michigan, graduated last year in May. Um, and has, thank you. <laughs> and has since been uh, running Ascend Ecom. Um, I ran it. We've been starting it in January 2020. Um, we were very small for about a year and in 2021, we really uh, invested a little bit into marketing and started bringing on clients. Um, and now we've grown uh, this year to have over 500 clients where we run their FBA stores for them. Wow, congratulations. So what was it like starting a business just months before everything was shut down everywhere? <laughs> well, that's, that's really funny. I was supposed to intern at American Airlines um, in the loyalty division because that's all I've wanted to do, work for an airline. And that's why I went to business school. And then obviously COVID happened. And uh, I had a call three days before the internship was supposed to start from American Airlines, you know, regretfully informing me that my internship was to be cancelled. So I did what uh, I thought was best. I jumped on a plane, went back to Australia. Um, and then uh, it was really funny. I was stuck in quarantine for two weeks. And that's where I really put a lot together. We started in January 2020, um, but I really put a lot of the foundations together and we really started launching hard after those two weeks I spent in quarantine in that little hotel room I had in the Melbourne's uh, downtown. <laughs> wow. So quarantine ended up being the catalyst for what the business is today. It Absolutely. It really kicked everything into gear. Um, it really made me do a lot more research. Um, I started training a bunch of staff while I was there. But, you know, I was working 16 hours days because there was nothing else to do. Luckily, my dad dropped over some dumbbells to me in the hotel room and I, I could throw in a workout or two there, here or there. But um, no, I was stuck in this small hotel room in the Marriott, uh, just putting everything together. So it really forced me to, to do what I wanted to do. Uh, and then, you know, when it came down to finding jobs at the end of my business um, MBA, I decided to just work full time on this business and rather than um, you know, rather than go and find a job, uh, you know, at Amazon or in consulting, like a lot of my classmates did and most business school graduates do, um, I decided to just uh, focus fully on this business and it's been going really well since. 
Well, congratulations on that. Are you still working out of Australia or have you come back stateside? Oh, I'm working out of Venice in California. I'm an immigrant here, so I've, uh, I've moved here. Uh, I can't really run the business in Australia because of the crazy time zone difference. Yeah. Um, I you know, always call my parents when I speak to my parents and friends. It's always my evening and their morning. It's always hard to find a time. So there's no way I could run the business from, um, from Australia. And we're also you know, building some Airbnbs in Venice, California, which is really exciting. So I'm often very focused on those. Um, and I, I need to be here. So there's no way I can be back in Australia, in, if, although it is winter there and it's summer here. So <laughs> I'm uh, yeah. winning there as well. Yeah, absolutely. So what is something that you know now that you wish you would have known when you started this business back in 2020? Sure. Well, I, uh, one thing that I've learned was really like the, the, the importance of like focus and delayed gratification. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether you know, you've probably heard about the marshmallow experience experiment before, but I was reading a book actually on the way from uh, the US to Australia after my internship was canceled and before I went into quarantine. And it was talking about the importance of delayed gratification. Uh, so it's like an experiment uh, back in the, in the 19, uh, I think it was 1960s or 70s, where a professor was building an experiment on, on children and gave each children a choice of one reward now or two rewards if they waited um, a certain amount of time and what they found is they tracked these kids over these children over a long time and they found that over a long time those who waited longer had better life outcomes than those who just had those that outcome that they wanted so those who waited and had that delayed gratification were actually more successful in terms of their relationships in terms of their careers in terms of their uh, health uh, than those who just took the reward straight away and that really stuck with me because it made me think, well, in business, you know, things just don't happen straight away. Um, it's like, I'm not, I'm not a, uh, hope I don't insult anyone who has a full-time job or anything, but a salary is like delay is like instant gratification. You do a job, you get paid when you want to build a business that's delayed gratification. Um, that takes time to build, you know, you're not getting any money while you're building that business. You just have to have fully full focus and um, you know, complete commitment in your cause. Um, and that's something that really stuck with me. And I think thinking about that really helped me through times in which I wasn't sure whether the business was right or whether it was time to quit or anything like that. It really allowed me to push through those difficult times, just remembering this in my head about if I want to be successful, maybe I need to embrace delayed gratification. Uh, another way you can see this is we've all had that friend on social media who loves, who spends all their salary on designer bags and flashes all these things around on Inst- Instagram. Um, that's what we're seeing right now with our society. Uh, people just want instant gratification. And if you think about someone who does that and you compare, you compare that person with someone who saves their money, invested in property, invested in other um, investments like, prop, like, uh, like what we provide, which is e-commerce automation, um, they get a, a, delay, a delayed gratification and they become more successfully uh, they become more successful over the years in terms of their uh, finances. Um, yeah. So that's that's something that I learned, and it was a little bit long-winded there, but uh, that's uh, that's something I definitely learned uh, that's helped me uh, develop this business. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about what your business does in the e-commerce automation space that makes it different from other third-party tools in the same space. Sure. Well, I don't think there's anyone out there who does exactly what we do. Um, but we seek to democratize the Amazon environment. 
for those who want to get involved in e-commerce. So that, rather than just be um, semantics, that we build Amazon stores for clients. So we might have a client who is interested in our ad and wants to build their own FBA store, right? We will uh, take, we'll get them to create a Amazon store. We will run that store for them. We will search for inventory from wholesalers. Uh, we will then ship the inventory from wholesalers to our warehouse. We actually have two warehouses now. I spent the whole of July in Texas building, the, uh, well, setting up the second warehouse, um, which is, is, it sounds nothing, but Texas summers are <laughs> no yeah, joke. Yeah, I live like, in Austin. I know exactly what you've been through. <laughs> it's 110 degrees every day. And in a warehouse, that's not fun. Finding right. stuff, it's not fun. Um, but it was a really good um, month getting it all together. And in the whole month, I was I managed to start a 15,000 square foot warehouse. So we send inventory to the warehouse. We then ship it to Amazon FBA warehouses, which were around the corner from our warehouses. Um, and, uh, and then we send it to Amazon and then Amazon sells the, uh, sorry, they sells their goods for the clients. And then we take a profit share out of that. So we just run Amazon stores for clients. Um, Amazon's such a huge experience, uh, sorry, such a huge opportunity for uh, getting involved in the e-commerce market. Um, Amazon have about 45% of the entire e-commerce market in the US. Um, and there's opportunities left, right, and center now. Basically, uh, the wholesale model, which is what we run, so we buy it off wholesales, wholesalers, uh, and then we ship it to our warehouse before sending it to Amazon. Um, wholesale inventories are at an all-time high now. A lot of people ask, uh, how are you affected by COVID? Yes, COVID uh, impacted wholesale inventories, but now what you're seeing, what we're seeing, is that uh, ports in Long Beach, uh, you know, they're becoming more cleared now, and wholesale inventories according to the US Department of, um, or sorry, Bureau of Statistics, they are, um, they are clearing and there's actually a huge uh, backlog of wholesale inventory in wholesalers that wholesalers have right now. I mean, there were reports of Walmart and Target ordering uh, inventory for Black Friday um, months ago, uh, coming up for this November, um, earlier than ever before, um, because they were worried about COVID. And now all those fears have subsided in the US and there's a huge amount of inventory. So we search for that inventory that we can sell at a retail level on behalf of our clients. And we, um, you know, and we find different wholesale suppliers and we purchase the inventory for our clients. Um, Amazon has over 1.5 million active sellers around the world. So there's a huge market there. Um, most of a lot of, well, most a lot of Amazon sales are made up of third party uh, marketplace sellers. So people like, us people like our clients are selling of uh, selling goods there um, there's also been recent news of amazon slashing their private label selection uh, they have over you know 250,000 products uh, that they have amazon branded um, mm -hmm. and they sell on amazon and they're actually uh, slashing the number of those uh, the number of products that they sell because of antitrust regulation. So what they were supposedly doing, and I'm not saying they were and they weren't doing, but that what they were accused of doing was they were looking to, uh, they were using all their data to find the most profitable goods. And then they were undercutting existing sellers on there. So, so that's why um, you know, antitrust regulation has stepped in and we're investigating Amazon. And now Amazon has slashed their private label selection. Wow. So like the uh, Amazon Essentials brand for clothes, for example, they were finding like button ups that were doing really well and they were just, you know, reaching out to the supplier and getting a, a, a deal to make a Amazon Essentials brand version of the same product and just pushing it. 
supposedly they were doing that and i think mm. uh you know i there hasn't hasn't there's no facts there we'll never sure. really know but you know i all i can say is amazon have slashed their the number of products that they sell um the, sorry the private label products that they sell because of um you know this antitrust regulation um and you know independent sales from third-party sellers selling their own private label products equate to about 44 percent of amazon total sales so it's a huge amount and we also offer that as part of our brand we actually um, research products so we use a software called helium 10 we um, look for products that uh, you know are a certain price point that uh, have a certain amount of reviews have a certain amount of sales per month on amazon and we actually develop those on behalf of our clients so we'll actually send samples um, to our team that work for us that and they will analyze the samples and make sure that they're good quality we'll choose the best sample we'll then order 500 to a thousand units we'll use our um, techniques we do to get us our clients on the front page so if you type in an item and we're on the front page your sales are going to be significantly higher than other sellers who are on the second page sure. um, and we do what we can we get a certain amount of sales we get a certain amount of views we do what's called giveaways uh, we get on the front page all of which is um, you know in accordance with amazon um, terms and conditions of selling uh, we do everything within everything we do is 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 within that um, but because a lot of customers so a lot of people ask us you know are you drop shippers and drop shipping is like the worst thing you can do on amazon we have had so many clients that come to us and say hey we've had uh, we've got an amazon account it's it's suspended uh, and i said well why is it suspended and they said well because it's drop shipping they people have over 200 300 000 on um on hold by amazon which Oof. is absolutely financially crippling for them. And that sure. I really feel for anybody who's in that position. Um, is dropshipping against their terms or is it just issues with getting the product from overseas to the United States in time? Um, it's both. Usually with Amazon, you don't sell. Amazon dropshipping, usually they use other uh, retailers like Walmart, uh, Target, um, Home Depot to dropship. Mm. They sell on Amazon and they use those other retailers. So they're actually coming from overseas. But to answer your first part of your question was yes, it is against terms and terms of condition terms and conditions um, on selling on Amazon Marketplace, and you can never get your account back once they suspend you a lot of the time, and they they might even give you your money back. So it's very dangerous to do that. Not something that we want to do. If you want to drop ship, do it on Shopify, but that involves spending a lot of money on ads. Uh, the good thing about our products is our products are all branded items. Um, people are searching for these items organically. We're not paying for advertising. So, so these items, people organically search for it um, and they, they sell straight away. Um, we sell a lot of restaurant items. Um, so people who like restaurants, for example, they, they realize they're down to their last 20 cups of coffee and they realize that they sell, uh, they're probably going to sell 400 coffees on a Saturday. What do they do? They go on Amazon because it's next day delivery. They can't get, you know, a thousand units of coffee cups uh, the next day from their wholesaler. So they go to Amazon, they buy it from our clients. Uh, that's only one area, but we sell a number of different products, toys, um, restaurant items, as I said, homewares. Um, there's a bunch of like household goods, groceries, and they're all branded items. So we just buy them from wholesalers. Uh, and then we, our clients make the markup between wholesalers and retailers. They make that, they make that markup as their profit. So did you have to start with a substantial amount of capital in order to um, first establish the inventory uh, stateside? Yeah, well, our clients all come with capital. So we use, use our clients' credit lines and mm. we need clients to have a minimum of $30,000 or 
of uh, available credit uh, to purchase inventory um, that we get shipped to our warehouse. Um, not everyone has good credit. So I uh, have people I know who do credit repair um, who can help our clients. And we also use a partner called Fundwise to get clients funding for their business as well. Um, so we really do whatever we can for our clients and take our clients from every step from A to Z um, through selling on Amazon. Mm, that makes sense. So tell me a little bit more. I know you went into it saying that you use the, this Helium tool in order to identify um, products because I'm in the advertising space. So I work with a lot of people who do dropship on Shopify. And one of the challenges is a lot of my clients make very poor decisions about which products they want to sell. So how, how do you determine how exactly are you able to determine which products are going to be profitable? Because if there's going to be a $30,000 buy of inventory, that's, you know, it's a substantial amount of risk. So you want to make sure that the product is actually going to um, uh, sell. How, well, tell me a little bit more about that process and in, in, in finding this, these key sort of niche products. Sure. Helium 10 is a great software to use for private label selling. And what it does is we can look up items so we can put in different, different parameters and we can say, Hey, we want to, we want, uh, I won't say how many, but a certain amount of reviews, a certain amount of sales. Um, the reason why we don't want too many reviews is because saturated. Um, it's saturated. The reason why we don't want too few reviews is mean it's, it means because there's no not enough search volume. Same right. with sales every month. We want to make sure that it, an item doesn't have too many sales because if you get on Amazon's first page, it Helium 10 tells you how many sales you can make in an eight-day period in order to be on the first page. Mm -hmm. So we know if, if it's too many, it means we have to do too many giveaways. We have to spend too much money on marketing. Unless the client's right. okay with that, which many aren't, um, we try and find another item. So these are all important things we do. And we can tell you how, it tells you how many sales a month you get, um, which is very important as well, because you want to make sure that the product has organic traffic. Um, we also spend money on ads. So we make them for private label, not for our FBA wholesale uh, model, but for a private label, you have to spend money on ads. And, um, you know, when I was uh, before business school, there was a time about maybe eight months where I uh, helped a friend start a business uh, called Setire, which is on, um, it sells luxury goods and, and it's on Shopify. And guess what? It's drop shipped. Everything from um, that's sold on that site is shipped from wholesalers in Italy, which is incredible. You think about drop shipping and you think, oh, the cheap products and stuff like this. No, I mean, Wayfair is drop shipping. So what, drop shipping can be done right. Um, but as you said, the research has to be good in terms of what you're selling. Um, you can also just sell, if you, if you don't want to spend too much time researching, you just sell a bunch of stuff. You just list a bunch of stuff on your website because essentially you're not paying uh, to develop any products. If you're drop shipping, you're purely just, right. um, you're purely just selling products that you haven't even bought yet. So that's the thing about Setai. Setai has over 150,000 products on there and they went public on the Australian stock exchange. And it's worth over a billion dollars now. Um, so dropshipping can work, just not on Amazon. <laughs> not when it's against in terms and services. Sure, of course. So let me ask you this. Since you have all these products that are um, in inventory in the United States, and obviously the, the, the shipping time is, is much shorter than dropshipping from, say, Alibaba straight from China, um, is, is, is there an opening or an opportunity for you to not only sell product on Amazon, but partner with drop shippers who are using Shopify, not drop shipping on Amazon, who may want the products that you're selling uh, to be sold straight from their Shopify stores in a drop, drop shipping way, but sourcing it from a United States warehouse? Um, there could be ways for us to do that. It's not our core business. Um, we sure. could eventually just become a 3PL 
um, and turn our warehouses into a 3PL, but our main focus is on our Amazon clients, um, not to get people, not to get clients who have their own business and want us to ship as a 3PL directly to customers. Sure. Um, and a model that we've developed recently is somewhat of a hybrid between what you're saying and what we do, which is we call it uh, high frequency reselling. So what we do is instead of drop shipping, like I displayed to you before about how people sell on Amazon, but then they use Home Depot, Walmart, Lowe's and other retailers to fulfill items to Amazon because they're cheaper on other platforms, but they sell it on Amazon. We actually will um, sell the item first on Amazon, then we'll order it from one of these um, big box retailers, ship it to the ship it to our warehouse and then ship directly to the customer from our warehouse. So it's like a hybrid between drop shipping and FBA, but it's not FBA, it's FBM. So it's sort of, it's, it's, I would call it compliant drop shipping, but I wouldn't use the mm. word drop shipping because we're not sending it directly from the retailer to the customer. Right. We're sending right. it to an intermediary, which is our warehouse. Now, in order to launch this, we needed, I needed to be very, very, very precise on our operations because if an item stays in our warehouse too long, the customer is going to go and complain and get their money back. And then the client, our client is going to lose money because we didn't fulfill the order quick enough. So we, whenever we get products that come in for FBM or high frequency um, reselling, uh, we have to turn them over immediately. And Amazon have no idea that you're dropshipping because well, you're not because you own the product it. before it goes out to the customer. Exactly. It doesn't come in a Walmart box and then the customer doesn't get all annoyed. And then, so they don't know where it's come from. They don't know that it's come from Walmart because we've repackaged it in uh, bland, uh, bland packaging. Um, so that's, that, that's a way that we're doing what you just said, which is, I guess, where, where, where the, um, where the, I guess, where the drop shipper from our, from our, our warehouse, we're not actually getting our, uh, when customers are not getting boxes with other big box retail brands on it. Um, they're just, they're getting brand uh, plain boxes and everyone's happy. Mm, that's amazing. So where can people find you, follow your story and, and do business with you? Sure. We're www.ascendecom, A-S-C-E-N-D-E-C-O-M.com. So ascend like going up and then ecom like e- e-commerce. Um, and we have an Instagram page. Um, they can book a call with us online. Um, we've got one of our guys that will talk to them about uh, about the business and give them more information on how to get involved and how to partner with us uh, and talk about the different packages that we have. That's amazing. So thank you so much for coming on the Action and Ambition podcast. I'm really excited to uh, follow what's going on at Ascendicom. And uh, I hope you'll come back after uh, some more time and let us know how things are going. Cool. Okay. Thanks very much for having me, Chase. Absolutely, Jeremy. Take care. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.